Radiodrome. Welcome to Radiodrome featuring myself, Josh Hadley, Brad Jones, and Brad Jones' sidekick, Brian Lewis. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brad would fire me if I call him your sidekick. (laughs) I I am on Flaming Brian's Kitchen. Yeah, my co-host, Mild Brad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get the Adam and Eve promo out of the way. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code what, Brian? Drome. And you get 50% off of a single item. You get three DVDs. You get free shipping and a free mystery gift that even Brad nor Brian nor myself know what is. But you use the promo code Drome, and you help us out a little bit, and you get a sex toy or a DVD or something. Or a DVD that you can use as a sex toy. Ooh. Well, it would technically be a mental sex toy if you're just using it to jerk off with. Yeah. It still would be a sex toy. Or if your dick's small enough, maybe you could use the hole in the center of the DVD. Yeah. Just be very, very careful. They'll scratch easily. The, your, your dick or the DVD? Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Why is my DVD covered in lotion? I had to squeeze it in there. Oh, trust me, it's not lotion. <laughs> this show is gross. I'm out of here. You and Brian went and sat through Dark Shadows. Yeah, and yeah, From yeah. what I can gather yeah. from all the critical reviews I've read and people I've talked to, you guys liked it a lot more than most of the public did, and that's not saying much, is it? Or kind of what me and Brian said about it. Honestly, even ones that were sort of positive, because... We came out, what's this thing? It, it's in like the 40s on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like kind of like bad, kind of bad, but not really bad. And so a lot of the reviews I saw really kind of just said what we said, which was that this movie's not very good, like at all. It was so mediocre that we just couldn't get mad. Like there was nothing in it that was really worth getting pissed off about it just was what it was and even people who disagreed with us in that they liked it they just dis like that was all they disagreed with us about like they were saying sort of the same things that we did other than they liked it and that was it like no one was really mad at us for giving it a negative review yeah i I saw a lot of the comments were basically along lines of like well i didn't think it was that bad dot 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 Yeah, like, even Josh, if you went to go see it, of course you wouldn't like it, but I really sort of think you would even come out of it like Brian and I did, which was that it wasn't very good, but there was, it's, it's so just is what it is that there was, it's not worth wasting any time getting mad about. I was actually kind of more upset about the fact that I wasn't upset, like, like, (laughs) Yeah. They, they they even slighted me out of that. Like I couldn't even get properly angry about it. Did like, they, they cheat just, you out of your revenge? Did they cheat what? you? Did they cheat you out of your revenge, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I went in there so geared up, to just be like, "Oh man, this is gonna suck. I'm just gonna uh-huh. tear this thing to shreds." And then it was just so blah that it's like, well, it's whatever. it's mostly ex- it's mostly exposition dialogue was like Last Airbender in that regard, even though it was a better movie than Last Airbender. It was. But how both of those movies really, they're condensing all of this source material into a movie that's less than two hours long, so it's mostly just exposition dialogue. And you have characters in the Dark Shadows movies to where, if you hadn't seen the show, either incarnation of the show, you wouldn't know anything about these people. 
And the way that they do act in the movie, most of them, they are acting appropriate, I think anyway, for a Dark Shadows movie. I mean, they look kind of campy, but the way that they're acting like kind of works, like Johnny Lee Miller and Michelle Pfeiffer and a couple of the others, like it sort of works if it was taken a little more seriously. And the only reason that it really isn't taken that seriously is honestly just the Johnny Depp part, because he's acting in a completely different movie than everyone else is. That's what it seemed like, but the reviews I've read were, some of them were were basically what you just said, and others were like, who was this movie made for? Fans of the show are going to hate it. People who've never seen the show are not liking the movie just because they're either not getting it or they just don't find it funny. So Uh who did Tim Burton make this movie for? He made it for Johnny Depp. But more probably, I think, I think at this, I think I at think this point, that's the only audience. Just, I and I like jo- I like Johnny Depp just fine, and I, I like some Tim Burton movies, but I think at this point, people are just tired of that combination of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Well, see, the thing I'm a little afraid of now. This part is speculation. I'm going to preface with this: the next film that Tim Burton's been given, he's already been given a multi-million dollar budget, and it's the same screenwriter as Dark Shadows. It's yeah. called Night of the Living. Okay. I'm a little terrified that they've given him a Night of the Living Dead remake. I'm a little scared about that. Well, it'll be I'm sure it'll be better than Night of the Living Dead 3D. Yeah, that was bad. I, they should have stopped at 1990. That was a damn good Night of the Living Dead remake. I'm I'm with you on yeah. that. I, I I'm with you on that. I love that movie. Them doing a Night of the Living Dead remake? I like I said, I don't huh? know. Just the title that Horror Hound announced was Night of the Living. Yeah, and 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 with the Dark Shadows movie, like if they had, I'm watching this thing, and for the first 20 minutes, I was kind of thinking, like, you know, if they just if they just dropped the whole Dark Shadows thing and just wanted to make a movie that was more like something like like Blackula or Dracula 1972 AD, if they just wanted to go that route, I could sort of see this working a little bit. This was in the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then Johnny Depp shows up, and it's it's nothing but him acting in a completely different movie and other characters that only exist to provide exposition from the TV series. And that was it. I mean, like... I honestly, seriously, like, I can't even imagine you getting really pissed off because really nothing that much happened in it. There's no doubt that you, there's no doubt that you won't like it. Not you, you would not like this movie, but I would really be surprised if you put, if you gave yourself enough energy to even get mad about this because there's really nothing there. Did did it at least look like $157 million were spent on it? <laughs> Maybe the makeup budget. Uh, because it had a budget they... of $157 million. No, not really. I mean, I, I guess other than, like, making it... I guess other than, like, some of the period stuff in it. But and I'm sure uh, Depp the, was not cheap. I'm sure he had a hefty price tag, too. Yeah, yeah. I That's... mean, maybe some of the period stuff. But other than that, it's mostly... Other than that, a lot of sets in it are CG. I don't know where, maybe Burton pocketed it all and it's a giant tax shelter scheme. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know I didn't know that it cost that much money. That actually kind of surprises me. I mean, the movie doesn't look cheap, but it doesn't look $150 million expensive. Well, Lord, and then, no. it's opening weekend, 
And you remember, this is what they consider a failure. It only made $28 million its opening weekend. The studio yeah. already started pulling it from theaters in smaller like, venues. They were just kind of, get this thing out of here. It's a dud. Again, like I, I think that I think that kind of shows you that I think people are tired of the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp thing. And, you know, again, it's like I said, I, I like Johnny Depp. Some Tim Burton movies I do like. But that combination is getting kind of old. Alice in Wonderland was terrible. Oh well, yeah. I just uh, I noticed that uh, a lot of uh, uh, even like a lot of like the positive reviews I saw for this thing uh, just seemed to point out that same thing. Like like this movie, it feels tired. Like from from the beginning, it feels like something you've already seen because it has all of the same actors that are in all of Tim Burton's other movies that always yeah. look the same. Like, like watching this, it, it's, it's just, it's such familiar territory that immediately you want something different to happen. Like, yeah, there's a couple faces that he hasn't really used before. Like, like Jackie Earl. And, uh, I don't think he's Johnny Lee Miller's been in anything uh, of his. Yeah. Johnny Lee Miller. And it, and those two are fantastic, but the other uh-huh. ones are just, you can just tell they're just going through the motions. Like this is the formula A to B to C equals box office. But I don't know. Somewhere along the line, it's just everyone's done with it. They just they don't, don't have, want it anymore. Yeah, they they don't have uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, in Michelle Pfeiffer, it's not that she's bad in it or anything like that. It's not that at all. It's that she's not given much to do because she's only there and she's in most of the movie. But everything she says is just exposition dialogue. Well, yeah, she, I, I, she really doesn't have a character. She's just the the woman that's in the background talking. But and that's because it. you're condensing all of this stuff, all of this stuff with all of these characters into a movie that has a fairly short running time. I mean, it's not over two hours or anything like that. So then, this romance with Barnabas and Victoria is just lost. They have no chemistry. Yeah, they're it just, only inside you. They're only in like three scenes together. It's just out of nowhere. And Even it, in it the makes... 1991 series, they had the long buildup of her being trapped in the past and falling in love with him for it to make sense. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, then then again, I mean, it, that's that's done right. That's in a series. That's not condensing all that. I mean, I am happy to see it fail, but I kind of wish. I really do wish people would have walked out of this and it and it failed because this movie was awful, not eh. But even as a comedy, it didn't work. Like if it was fu- like if it was funny, I at least would have been like, you know, kind of like with 21 Jump Street. I would have at least been like, okay, as a comedy, I laughed. As a comedy, I I laughed. But this this didn't even have that really. Like maybe a few times I laughed and that was that was it. Well, and I, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Johnny Depp because I think he is a fantastic actor. And for uh-huh. whatever reason, he doesn't seem to age at all. I think he's made a deal with the devil because he still looks like he could have been on 21 Jump Street, uh-huh. the show. But yeah. he doesn't seem to be picking roles as well as he did 10 years ago. He seems to be, eh, this role's not right for me, but Burton's my friend, so I'll do it. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if that's wise for his career. Because I think he's had more duds in his career working with Burton than he has just, I mean, even like Nick of Time, which I thought was awful. I love Nick of Time. I hated that one. That I, one I, love, I love Nick of Time. That's one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies. 
Well, and then I want to see. I have not seen Rum Diaries yet. I want to see uh, that. That I've heard was pretty good. See, I've heard just the opposite. Everyone keeps telling me it's awful, but I thought the trailers were great. It looked incredibly fun. I've heard it's all right. I've 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 heard it wasn't. I've heard it wasn't too bad. But even you know, as bad the like you said, like about like duds with Tim Burton and whatnot, whatnot. But you know what the fact of the matter is, is that Alice in Wonderland, as terrible as that was, that was a hit. That was a huge hit at the box office. I'm talking a, a, a critical dud where where people are going, why were you in this, Johnny? Kind uh, of critical thing. dud? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and then th- that also brings us to John Carter, a movie that, Brad, you've seen, Brian and I have yeah. not. I want to see it. I, I don't think the trailers looked very good, the but I've also heard the trailers really missold the film, but I'm a fan of the source material. Uh-huh. I've heard the movie is quite good. It and, is. And that movie failed on such a massive level. Yeah. They, they rushed the DVD out, what, two months after the movie left theaters, and it's now officially the biggest money loser in the history of the Disney Corporation? Yeah. What happened? Why did John Carter fail is the question I want to ask you guys. Why did this movie not work? I can tell you, uh, because it just looked bad. The way that the movie was sold, and them shortening the title to John Carter was dumb. Because then you're you have you have mixed in a trailer that just looks like see not even not even taking source material out of it. Just looking at how the scenes are shot, looking at how the scenes in the trailer are presented. They look like direct replicas of other action sequences from other modern-day action movies. I, I thought nothing... Attack of the Clones right away. Yeah, exactly, Attack of the Clones. There was nothing, nothing interesting about any of those trailers, and you have that paired with an incredibly uninteresting title. I don't know what they were thinking shortening the title to just John Carter. I have no idea what they were thinking on that. But so the only reason I saw it was because of the website. I went to go see it because of the site. I would not have gone to go see this movie otherwise. In fact, I wasn't even really planning on seeing it for the site because we were still filming the movie at the time. And I had also seen Silent House that weekend. So I reviewed Silent House. But I don't think anyone really cared one way or the other about silent house so me and zach were like all right all right well people are asking us to go see john carter let's just freaking go see john carter and i'm watching this movie and you know whether whether you like that movie or not it is not not what was advertised in the trailers for that thing that movie is basically like like a modern day a modern-day, over-budgeted Dino De Laurentiis flick, which is awesome. That's a perfect uh, way to sell it to me, by the way, Brad. Yeah, dude, somebody... I saw this link. I think it might have been on Ain't It Cool. I saw this link where somebody put together a trailer, and they called it, like, what the trailer for this movie should have been. And it was scenes from the movie. It was scenes from the movie. It was somebody cut together their own trailer, which was so much more appropriate for what that movie is. And honestly, had they released, had the trailer look like that, then 
I mean, I don't know if it would have done better, but it at least would have looked better. And it at least would have been more appropriate to that movie. Because that's... I was watching that movie, and Zach and I were talking about this afterwards, and I kind of said to him, I was like, you know, I don't mean this to sound negative at all. I really don't. But this movie, it, it does, it feels like, it does feel like a bomb. Like, it feels like, it feels like a movie that bombed upon release, but then later found its audience. You know what I mean? A buckaroo bonsai. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, like, it's not, it's it's not like buckaroo bonsai. But it's like what happened with buckaroo bonsai. Yeah, but what happened to buckaroo bonsai? You know, if there was like a modern day Dino De Laurentiis, big budget kind of epic that didn't do very well, but then later would maybe find its audience. I kind of hope that happens with this movie because I did like it. And I'm watching this. And, you know, even like it's one of the it's one of the few movies I've seen where like even like the special effects, modern day special effects, the CG and stuff in it. Even that looked really good in this movie. In the trailer, that looked bad. Um, in, so in the, the trailer, trailer, it was probably unfinished. I I imagine so. Yeah, in the trailer, that all looked bad. But I but in the movie, and and you you and everyone knows my feelings on CGI. But this is one of the only movies I've seen where it was really pretty seamless. What about you, Brian? Having not seen it, same as myself, the trailers did they sell you at all on this movie, or did you kind of kind of go, what the? I don't want to see this. It, yeah, I mean that that was kind of the case for me. Is just it, it watching it, it just looked like another bland action flick. Like it, it's one of those things. Like I know, like the the source material from it, like <laughs> predates most of the well, you know, predates all these other movies that have used its exact plot over the years. But the way they kind of presented it, it's like, oh well, this looks like a rip off of all these movies that ripped it off originally. So uh-huh. it just. Nothing like like Brad said. Nothing about it made it look interesting or appealing. Like you'd really want to go out and watch it because I remember like like Brad was saying that the uh, we were filming and like I remember you asked me that that afternoon. Like, um, well, I guess we're gonna go see John Carter. You want to go? It's like, um, no, I, I can think of a better use for my ten fifty than than wasting it on this movie. Thirteen fifty because it was in three D. Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> And, and yeah, that is such a random change, like you pointed out, like the whole, like when you find out that the title is just like two words longer, like the, like, you know, what they, what it should have been. That's just such a bizarre change that yeah, even that makes you kind of wonder like, well, what the hell would, like, were they worried that those two words would be what didn't get people into the theater? Yeah. That That actually gets even worse though, Brian, when the movie was shot. It was called A Princess of Mars, which is the book that it's based on. But yeah. then someone at, at Disney got the idea, we want, you know, obviously a, a male audience to go see this. Boys don't go see movies with princess in the title except for The Princess Bride. Boy, <laughs> Boys will not go see a movie called A Princess of Mars. So they had Nobody to dump told that. Antonio Sabato Jr. that. <laughs> <laughs> or Tracy Lord. <laughs> but but you see what I, I mean like I do kind of agree a princess of mars probably wasn't the best title john carter a princess of mars might have worked better or john carter of mars you know subtitle yeah. a princess of mars would have been fine i i think it actually goes a little bit deeper 
than just the movie itself failing. For whatever reason, this character does not seem to work with the general public because remember all the hoopla about this. Since the stories are public domain, every book publisher, comic publisher, web series, everybody was bringing up John Carter stuff. They were reprinting the books, making new comic books. There was an action figure line. None of that sold even before the movie came out. It was just like for whatever reason, the public said, we don't care about John Carter as a character. Yeah. And I don't get that because he was always a pretty damn interesting character, I thought. A lot of that might just come through as like just stigma around just like the whole blandness of those trailers and like all the promotional material. You know, you see one crap trailer and you're like, oh, well, that sucks. And, and then everywhere you look. Yeah, yeah. It, they, they ran like all the, like, I think I had a couple different. Nothing ever looked any different. There were always just the same few scenes. And I, I, if I see that and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Okay. But then everywhere you look, just the market is just suddenly saturated with that name. You've already built up in your head like John Carter. That means terrible. So you just you don't even want anything to do with the other stuff. Like, oh, there's a comic? Great. That'll suck, too. Oh, there's an action figure? Oh, it just looks like Jake Gyllenhaal from uh, Prince of Persia. I mean, the movie, it, I mean, and we kept, we just kept getting sick of seeing that trailer because we kept getting that trailer at a lot of the, the midnight screenings we went to last year. Um, That's because I think Disney was desperate to sell that. They were buying every piece of ad space they could, I think. Yeah. And so you have this bland trailer with a bland title that we kept seeing over and over and over again that just oh god like it got to it got to the point to where whenever that trailer popped up i used that time to go to the bathroom so and 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 like i hope that i mean because the movie the movie's not perfect it does have flaws because i mean like really like the john carter character in it is probably the the least interesting character in the movie. Not saying that the actor does a bad job. It's well, Flash the movie Gordon just... does that though too. Let's yeah, put it yeah, this way. Flash Gordon's the that. least interesting character in Flash Gordon. Yeah, that's that's true. You'll find that with a lot of the, you'll find that with a lot of movies, and it's and it's true here too. That doesn't make it that uh, that doesn't make it bad because I've already said that I like the movie. But the, but you know it it is flawed in a way. You know it it does have its its flaws, but it's. But it's a decent movie. It was interesting. It was fun. The side characters are—they're three-dimensional. They're—they're—they're they're, they're pretty good characters, and there is some there is some sexiness to it as well. Like it wasn't that—it wasn't that bad. I do hope that I do hope that it finds some kind of audience. Like I said, I mean, it's not a great movie, but it, it deserves to have at least some kind of an audience. I hope it does. I hope it does find an audience. I think that one I I think one of the things that does keep it from finding an audience is that freaking title because you know, Dune, that's a title. Flash Gordon, that's a title. Over time, Heaven's Gate found an audience. That's a title. John Carter's not a title. Well, and I I don't know all what extras but the DVD is solicited as a four-disc set for this flop of a movie. People are going to go, why does a movie that bombed need four discs for me to spend I my like, 30 bucks I on? I like that, though. I, I like it when that happens, though. I, 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 I do. <laughs> I want that to happen to more movies that just were notoriously flopped. 
I mean, John Carter has been around almost as long as Tarzan, and they're both from the same creator. Yeah. Yet you've seen how many Tarzan movies are there, or counting the old serials and the TV specials and stuff. There's got to be a hundred. Man with Miles O'Keefe. Well, there, I mean, but I mean, there's got to be like a hundred different adaptations of Tarzan. How uh-huh. how come the Asylum was the first person to bring John Carter to the screen? <laughs> That's what I don't get. I don't know. I don't know. And their version was actually called The Princess of Mars. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, what, what happened with, with the character? Personally, I find the John Carter character far more interesting than Tarzan. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the Tarzan movie. I mean, in the movie, it's not that, it's not that the John Carter character in the movie was like bad. That wasn't the case at all. The character had some fine moments in it. And the guy did a, did a good enough job. I mean, they, they they probably could have found a more charismatic actor, but he was he was okay. It was more that just everything else in it was just more interesting than the John Carter character. What I want to happen is, since John Carter, the character, and the stories are public domain, I want to see a different studio tackle it and try and make a different movie and see if that works to get the character into pop culture. I mean, it's public domain. Anybody can do it. I won't be surprised if it goes like the Dune route, and years later we see like maybe like a mini series or something. Honestly, a mini series would work better because there is a. I mean, I haven't read Princess of Mars since like grade school, uh-huh. but there is a hell of a lot of information to try and cram into two hours. But I mean, Boy. they did it. They did it well, though, because they took. And this is why movies like Last Airbender and Dark Shadows fail because they're just trying to get in all of these plot points all this material from a from like a big series into a small movie they just they don't take the basic idea of it and just make Boil a it down. movie out of it you know but john carter didn't john carter did that better because it didn't i mean to me anyway when i watched it 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 didn't it didn't feel like it was just cramming all of this stuff into a slightly over two hour movie. I mean, I, I, I guess sure it did, but at least it did it. At least it did it better than, than some other things than, than something like dark shadows. Well, I, I was just thinking too. I mean, it, it's one of those things that another, another studio could even just tackle one of the other books. I mean, there, there's an entire series of, of John Carter novels, aren't there? Uh well okay yeah. the novel the novels there's at least a few more aren't they yeah there's a bunch but the novels are technically just collections of the serialized stories so it they don't flow as novels they they do work better as you know you're reading chapter one and then the next week you're reading chapter two in you know some uh-huh. old magazine like Weird Tales so but yeah there's a whole bunch I've got the first six and I know I don't have them all so there's at least five more storylines they could tackle at some point because i think it might almost be in their best interest to kind of adapt one of those others because like we were mentioning before i mean it's this is a story that i so many other movies have used this exact premise i mean was it a the asylum's princess of mars they were using that as their their knockbuster for avatar because avatar used the princess of mars story you know, so it's it'd be one of those things like if, if another studio came out with it, it would just be another one of those movies where people say, like, oh, yeah, I've completely seen this before. Even if they gave it a completely different title, you know, rename characters, it would just same old, same old again. 
All right, and but then you also just have the fact that even like Tarzan doesn't seem to work very well. I thought Christopher Lambert was just perfect in Greystoke. Uh huh. I'm Tarzan. I don't think you guys are going to argue with me that that movie sucked nuts. I haven't seen Greystoke since I was a kid. I know I've I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you when. Like I couldn't tell you hardly thing one about it. Yeah, I've seen Subway before I saw Greystoke. Well, see, my, my problem with Greystoke was the director was a complete moron. It's basically what it boils down to. It's the same guy that did Chariots of Fire. Okay. And he was far more interested in the whole Victorian era and making a period piece movie than he yeah. was about making a Tarzan movie. He admitted that later in life. He didn't yeah. really care. He didn't want to make the Tarzan stuff. He wanted to make the Blue Blood story. So he rushed through everything else so he could get to the British stuff. And it's like, that's not what Tarzan is about. Uh-huh. And then he totally screwed up the special effects. He, I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. It's got Lumbear in it. It does, and he does a great job. But like, yeah. uh, he he totally screwed the special effects up on that movie. He he decided he originally went to Rick Baker and said, "I need these ape costumes to be absolutely realistic." Baker said, six hundred thousand dollars, and it'll take eight months." He said, "No, yeah. I got to have them in three months." So they, I got to have them in three weeks. So he paid Carlo Rambaldi, the famous shyster who you know had his Oscar stripped from him for King Kong seventy six. Uh, he he went to him and he goes, I can do it for three hundred thousand dollars and I'll have them on time. And they, Lambert said the costumes looked like something you'd get out of a costume shop down the block from your house. Yeah, they this looked, guy had his Oscar stripped from him. I haven't heard this story. Uh, because he claimed all of the the stuff in Godzilla seventy six was all um, animatronic, when in fact it was Rick Baker in an ape suit. And yeah. he, he won for best special effects for his animatronics work. You mean King, you mean King Kong 76? Uh, King Kong 76, yeah. Oh, so I, he, I never heard that story. <laughs> so, so what he did is, after Rambaldi's costumes would never work, he went to Rick Baker, and Rick Baker said, $600,000 and it'll be eight months. I'm not you know, changing my story. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they gave him the time he wanted. They shot all the stuff around the apes, and then the director decided... The very first scene he wanted to shoot with the ape costumes was the scene where the pirates riddle the apes with arrows, therefore ruining the ape costumes, costing another $100,000 to have Mm -hmm. Rick Baker on set every day constantly patching up the costumes for the scenes that take place earlier in continuity. Yeah. Because the director just had no clue how to shoot a movie. And that, I think, (laughs) is partially why Greystoke sucks. The director had no idea. And then the writer hated it so much, he tried to take his name off the film. And then he gets nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. He put his dog's name... name on this Oscar. Yeah, he he put his dog's name on the credits, and then he gets nominated for Best Original Screenplay, or, or, no, sorry, Best Adapted Screenplay, I think. And so basically... the award goes to... His dog, yeah. So it's like, that movie's a train wreck, but that's also... Oh, not counting the Tars, the, the Walt Disney Tarzan movie, and then that terrible TV series. No one's really tackled a big budget Tarzan movie since then, have they? There was that. What was that one with Casper Van Dien? George um, of the Jungle. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, you're thinking of James Bond. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, when Casper Van Dien played James Bond. No, wasn't there? It was like Tarzan, the Lost 
city of whatever, and it had Casper Van Dien as Tarzan. Was I think that was actually a backdoor pilot. I think that was an unaired pilot that they released direct to video. No, or, or did no, that get it theatrical? It wasn't direct to video. It was theatrical. Okay, then I'm thinking of a different. I'm thinking of probably the TV series because there was a syndicated TV series in like '03 or '04 that yeah. lasted like one season. Oh no, I didn't see that. I, I remember Tarzan the Ape Man with Bo Derek and Miles O'Keefe. I remember that. I have that on Laserdisc. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, and then I remember there was basically Tarzan. Remember that '80s movie Wild Thing? Guy gets uh, dropped off in the jungle, or kid gets dropped off in the jungle and gets raised by apes, and then he's brought to New York City, and he becomes a Charles Bronson-style vigilante using all so the that- skills he learned in the jungle. It was called Wild oh. Thing. It's Beware Children at Play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want any Wild Thing movie that does not have lesbian kissing and, and Kevin Bacon's penis. <laughs> no, no I, I think you're thinking of Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> Are you obsessed with George of the Jungle? You just got a thing for Brendan Fraser? No, no, Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> jungle oh, to Jungle. Oh, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Okay. And Martin Short. Oh. <laughs> A remake of Little Indian Big City. <laughs> but it just, it seems like these old pulp characters don't translate well. Honestly, I can't believe nobody's tried to make a movie out of the spider. Remember that old pulp character, the spider? What, Spider-Man? There's several. No, on- the spider. <laughs> <laughs> The, the no, spider. I don't, I don't know anything about the spider. Okay, no. it, it, he was he was basically a guy in a mask, you know, just like all the old pulp heroes like that. And he had a ton of adventures. Or The Executioner. I cannot believe nobody's tried to make an Executioner movie yet. I've got a Sonny Chiba movie called The Executioner. No, this is the this is the Punisher style vigilante. The Punisher was actually a knockoff of this character. He's had mm. something like four hundred different books written about him. They were just all these pulp novels that they just churned out. And I can't believe something with that kind of pedigree, nobody's tried to adapt that yet. Well, maybe Disney will try that one next. Yeah, because I'm sure they're not going to be gun-shy after John Carter falling (laughs) flat on its face. I've noticed a a lot of those old pulp characters, they they seem to really push to always have them be kind of high camp. I mean, if, if you look back, like, like the uh, like Flash Gordon, the Shadow, uh, the, the Phantom. Spirit. Yeah, like they, they just they just always come out like these kind of. It's like I don't know, like like they're trying to capture that sort of like over the top pulp feel, and it just comes out just laughably absurd. Uh-huh. I think with the Phantom, the sad part is when the Defenders of the Earth cartoon. Got the Which Phantom. Was awesome. It was, but that is the closest adaptation to actually feeling like the old Phantom stories, more than the hundred million dollar movie or his own cartoon. How the hell did did Phantom or did Defenders of the Earth get the Phantom more right than any of the people who else who tried to adapt the Phantom? It happens, but it's just weird. <laughs> they even they even did a flashback episode on Defenders of the Earth that was an almost word for word adaptation of one of the original uh-huh. Phantom stories, and it, it worked. Word, it was word for word the movie. <laughs> Hope not. My name is Xander Drax. X A N. And then <laughs> I love Treat Williams in that. I'm sorry, Me too. It's a guilty I like pleasure. You you just like the microscope that pokes you in the eyes. I love that movie. <laughs> that movie that movie was fun. See, okay. How would they even see through that thing to begin with? I mean, seriously. 
It's <laughs> full of knives. And it's such an oddly specific way to kill somebody. Yeah. You know, you here, needing here, these this. glasses anymore. Why are you always asking people to look at things at your damn microscope? <laughs> there was a funny, like, I watched this recent episode. I watched this recent episode of The Simpsons the other day, and it was a really, really bad episode, of course. Surprise. But there was one funny gag in it. This, it was, uh, they went on a cruise. Oh, I, I saw that one, yeah. You saw that one? Yep. Okay, yeah. They, they're, the family's, uh, they're on vacation and they're on this cruise liner. And Bart wants the vacation to last forever. So he puts in a DVD of, of like an Andromeda strain type movie where the general is saying that the, the world the is Pandora now, syndrome. I think it the was pan, called the Pandora syndrome and the world. He, he, Bart broadcasts this scene on the TV, on the big monitors across the, the cruise ship. So everyone just sees this scene and they think that they have to stay out at sea because this virus has hit land. But then, um, at, but then at the end, they they find they find out and they tell the crowd they're they're like it was just a movie starring Treat Williams. They hold it up and it was Treat Williams playing that general. And then they look over and Treat Williams is standing there on the ship. He's like he's like and they're like how did you not know that was you? And he's what I I've, I've done a lot of movies. I I, I guess I was in that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, actually Treat Williams' voice. Uh, th- that actually, like, w- when I worked with Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. and I was asking him about some of his movies because we had a lot of downtime between setups, yeah. and so I'm just talking to him. I swear the guy, he thought I was putting him on at a few times when I'd bring up actual roles he had. I swear he had no recollection of doing some of the movies and TV shows he's done. <laughs> he, I was in the this- Coca-Cola Kid? <laughs> well, I, I brought up. In, I would want to forget too. Like, I, I, oh, God, I brought I up. Wasn't DOA, wasn't I? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I brought up the Doctor Who movie, mm-hmm. and he actually oh, looked oh, embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. He actually looked embarrassed at Who ninety six. <laughs> I'm like, you were awesome as the master, and it was like, uh, next thing you want to talk to me about? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just, sorry. Can't you just talk to me. Can't you just talk to me about Star eighty? I actually talked to him about, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Rude Awakening and his uh, Oz appearance. Oh, right on. So he won an Emmy for the Oz one, or maybe or maybe he's just, just nominated. I can't remember, maybe he didn't win the Emmy for that one. But he was nominated for Oz, and Rude Awakening had been on cable just like two or three days prior, so I had just yeah. seen that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it Treat Williams, I think Treat's quite a good actor, honestly. So do I. I love he doesn't Williams. pick very good roles sometimes, like the substitute sequels. Oh, yeah. God. He was awful in those. Uh-huh. Well, how else is he going to hang out with Angie Everhart? It's freaking, I remember seeing the substitute. I saw the substitute two and three. I never saw four. I was watching the second one, and I'm like... I didn't even know there was a four. There is. I've never seen it, but I, I, the damn second movie with their best, the best person they could find to play the villain, and it was B.D. Wong. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, as your intimidating villain, the shrink from SVU. <laughs> they had to get. They had. To, they're just going through the roster, I guess, of Oz people or something, because Ernie Hudson was the bad guy in the first substitute. Ernie Hudson was the villain in the first Shark Attack movie, too, with Casper Van Dien. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh gosh, I forgot about that. I can't buy Ernie. H- He's one of those people I cannot buy as a villain. 
I think he's I, a I good actor, I, but I can't buy I him can. as a villain. I he he's always a good guy to me. I can buy him as I bought him as I bought him as the villain from uh, the, in the substitute. Uh, I think I, I saw those was, out I of order. He was really good at that, huh? I think I saw the substitute movies out of order. I think I saw two, three, and then I saw the first one. The first one I saw in the theater, and I liked I I, I liked the first one a lot. That's why I watched the second one, and then the third one I saw just because it was two in the morning and nothing else was on. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to remember the the third one. It, it, that one takes place like a military school or something. Uh. It, it it's not at a high school. I know either it was a military school or it was a university, but the villains were like steroids dealers. Like it was it was like a big anti-steroids movie. Ah, okay. And the second one was still the second one was still at a high school. But the first one you know, with Tom Berenger and uh Ernie Hudson was like the smooth corrupt high school principal. And I, th- I thought he did that role really well. When I think of Treat Williams, Dead Heat, him and Piscopo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I- I'm not a big Piscopo fan, but he really sold a lot of those goofy lines, which, you know, when you I'm, listen to the commentary, you find out were ad-libbed. I'm a, I am, I'm a, Pis- I'm a, Pisco- I'm a Piscopo fan. I, I, I did like that movie. <laughs> I, I think the guy can be funny, and a mm. lot of his best stuff was with Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. But oh my god, when he takes a joke that doesn't work and decides to run it into the ground, his his short film New Jersey Vice with him and Eddie Murphy is painful, Brad. I it's haven't seen painful. I haven't seen it it goes on for like ten that. minutes, and it's not even funny enough to fill a two minute sketch, and they just keep going with it. And you can see Eddie Murphy is going. The only reason I'm here is because we're friends, dude. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm in this is because we're friends. <laughs> but then, you know, okay, going back to the pulp stuff, like Brian brought up, and he he said it extremely well. Why do they always got to camp it up? Yes, the the original pulp stories were not exactly what we would call serious by today's standards. But if you adapted them straight, they would not need the camp. They can exist in their own little universe if. The rest of the universe sort of accepts these somewhat outlandish concepts without going into the nudge nudge wink wink territory. You mean like just let the camp happen? Yeah, l- let it feel like that's yeah. where the story naturally went. Uh huh. Instead of hey, look, we're being campy and weird. Yeah, you know, it's sort of the same thing as like you know when they try when somebody tries manufacturing a cult classic. And sometimes, like with anything, sometimes it can work, sometimes it can, but other times it's just like, but other times, yeah, it is kind of like, you know, just let it, let the camp happen just naturally, you know, or at least, at least have a, a little bit of subtlety to it, I guess. And I'm not saying that this should be the case all the time, because I mean... Sure, you can find something where they they really, really, really camp it up big time, big time, and it can be. But sometimes it can go the exact opposite. Conan is a pulp hero. Yeah, and look at the first Conan movie. That said, we're not going with the camp or the pulp at all. We're going hardcore serious. The yeah. second film goes, we're going to go campy and pulpy, and that's the one that didn't work. Uh huh. Whereas the first Conan did, and like. 
sometimes it's a it's a matter of miscasting too. Now I like I thought he did a great job in this role, but I do not see Alec Baldwin as the shadow. It the shadow has to have Orson Welles' voice uh-huh. to work, and I, Alec Baldwin just that's not who I picture the shadow when I listen to so those old should, radio so shows. Obviously, it should have been Maurice LaMarche. <laughs> if he'd have overdubbed it, it might have worked in a weird, weird way. Because <laughs> he doesn't almost pitch perfect Orson Welles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maurice LaMarche could play the shadow. Hell yeah. Or at least voice it. <laughs> no, it has to actually be him. But, but, see, <laughs> but, but see, that's something that the shadow actually did right. I mean, it might it was not a good screenplay, but they played everything straight. Mm-hmm. They didn't play yeah, that yeah. one like the Phantom as a camp thing. They played it straight, and that was appreciated at least by me. Even if the mm-hmm. screenplay kind of sucked. Yeah, I like it when stuff like that is played kind of straight. I, I do because sometimes the laughs that are in it are genuinely funny. They're not really you know wink wink nudge nudge like you had said earlier. You know, it just kind of lets it lets it happen and whatnot. What do you guys think needs to be done to make something like John Carter acceptable to the public for the next person that tries this other than make good trailers? <laughs> really? I mean, it does come down to that, honestly. I mean, that's well, one and two, the title and the trailer. I mean, really, I don't know what else to say beyond that because the movie, the movie wasn't that bad it was a it was a decent enough movie there was some there was some fun there was some really fun performances in it you know there was some some really you know de laurentis style scenery chewing going on in it big flamboyant costumes there was really some some great stuff in that movie so and it also had a good director behind it, it had the guy who did wally you know it, it had it had a competent director behind it so really, I don't know what else to say beyond the trailer and beyond that crap title they gave to it. I mean, well, okay, maybe maybe, maybe casting someone who has a little bit more charisma than the dude from the movie. I mean, he was okay. He was passable. He was. He wasn't bad. But maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody, maybe somebody else. You, maybe that could have helped. Well, Brian, let me ask you this then. Would you want to see a darker, more Conan-esque take on the same kind of pulp material of John Carter, or would you like it being kind of a pulpy thing? Well, and, and with something like that, like I, I really do think that, that going sort of like the more serious, dark sort of Conan route with it would would be, a, in, in my opinion, a, a fresh take on it because... Like I say, the, the the story feels so kind of played out at this point, and we've seen it done in so many different ways that I think this would be a good way to take it in a direction is, you know, don't, in a way, almost like step away from the source material a little bit and just actually kind of punt it up a little bit. Like hard R. Conan. Yeah, yeah, make it a hard R. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, you're you're going to have a little bit of violence in it. You know, just go all out with it. Like, honestly, like, I, I think probably the biggest uh, biggest mistake behind this movie is just the fact that it was 
put out by a company like Disney. Like there, there was just no chance that it was going to be anything that, I mean, as far as like an action movie being put out by Disney, I just, I just didn't have any real high hopes for it anyway, just because, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's being, you know, the parent company behind it is Disney. What, I mean, what's the worst that could happen in it? What's the most extreme action thing that could happen to it? What would it be different if, say, Lionsgate decided we're going to make a John Carter movie? Yeah, I, I think that'd be a good direction to go in. You know, it, it, it for for as much as the the trailers for much like the Chronicles of Riddick, you know, if they took it more of like a direction more like 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 uh, the first Pitch Black or Chronicles uh-huh. of Riddick Pitch Black or whatever the hell they call it these days. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't get me started on that. It was Pitch Black, damn it. But uh, I, I think that would be a, a good direction to go with it, you know? Like I say, he just, he's in this hostile environment. He, you know, because of, you know, the changes in atmosphere and gravity, he's much stronger than everybody. Use that. Don't just have him like, ooh, he can jump really high. You know, just play it up more. You know, I think that'd be a good way to uh, to take it. Well, and I, I like I said, I'm looking forward to the movie. Out of the three of us, Brad's the only one that's seen it. I actually thought, even from the bits I saw in the trailer, other than going, hey, it's Attack of the Clones, redone, that yeah. I, I kind of went, there is enough here that it looks like they might be making a good film. So when uh-huh. the, when it hits DVD, I think in like a month, I am going to rent it, and we'll maybe talk about it a little more once Brian and I have actually seen the damn thing. You can have a character who cuts himself out of the stomach of a giant beast covered in blood and so long as the blood is a different color you got yourself a pg-13 <laughs> <laughs> look at look at star trek 6 yeah. all, all, all the klingon blood had to be computer colored to make it pink otherwise they got an r yeah yeah and that movie was no more actually violent than any other star trek movie yeah where can we find bread the voice jones uh you can find me at uh the cinemasnob.com where can we find Brian, the sidekick, Lewis? He's mad yeah, at me now. Me <laughs> <laughs> He's mad at me now for the sidekick jokes. <laughs> no, no. It's fitting. <laughs> so long as you don't trash the movie sidekicks with Piscopo. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking the tick joke. He's a sidekick? All right, boys, kick him to the side. <laughs> and then you can find me at 1201beyond.com. My column, Sanity is Razor Thin, at geekjuicemedia.com. My monthly column, if you're in the Green Bay area, Shadows of Pop Culture in Scene Magazine. And pretty soon I'll be writing for BleedingCool.com. All right, I'm going to say good night. How about you guys? Good night? Good night. Good night. See, sidekicks talk last. Aw, <laughs> aw, uh, uh, uh.
Oh no, we're 